Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Girlfriend's Guide to Sports podcast. My name is Claire Coles, and this is your weekly update. It's Monday, July 19th. Let's start with the in case you missed it portion and then go on to what to watch this upcoming week in the world of sports. We've got baseball, basketball, so a little bit of football, definitely some golf, a little of hockey, and obviously Olympic sports to hit on. I actually want to start with baseball because this goes back all the way to Tuesday when they played their all-star game. That's where the American League plays the National League and they take players from those respective teams. And this game was important this year for two reasons. Shohei Otani from the Angels became the first player to be selected as a pitcher and a hitter to play in the game. He actually pitched a shutout in the first inning and picked up the overall W as the American League beat the National League 5-2. The other person you need to know is Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and he was named MVP. That's important because he's actually the youngest player ever to earn the honors during this game. The American League has actually won the last eight All-Star Games straight, which is the second longest streak in the MLB. And the current record is 11 straight by the National League from 1972 to 1982. A scary situation happened during the Nationals-Padres game on Saturday night. Gunshots were heard around Nationals Park in D.C., which is where the Nationals naturally play. The shooting was actually outside the stadium and not related to the game at all, but that also didn't stop Padres shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. from grabbing fans and teammates alike to guide them to the dugout as they thought an active shooter was inside the stadium for a couple of minutes. Really what happened was two cars exchanged gunfire outside over by the third baseline of part of the stadium. Three people were injured, including a woman who was waiting for an Uber after leaving the game. The Padres were up 8-4 to four in the 6th when this all went down, and the game was actually picked up again on Sunday, and the Padres won overall 10-4. to four. Let's go ahead and switch gears to basketball. The NBA Finals are currently going on, and they started last week with the Phoenix Suns winning the first two games. However, the Milwaukee Bucks have now won three in a row to take the series lead 3-2. to two. In Game 5, the Suns were actually up 16 points at one point, and Suns' Devin Booker scored 40 points. However, Giannis Antetokounmpo scored 32 points. The Bucks looked in control during the fourth quarter. However, by the time we got to the last 20 seconds, the Suns had the ball down only by one, but they turned the ball over. The Bucks went down and scored and made the final score 123-119. to 119. Game 5 is super important because 72% of the time, whatever team wins game five wins the title. Also, the Milwaukee Bucks were the away team in this game because this game was played in Phoenix. And now we go back to Milwaukee for game six. The Bucks, if they win, win the entire thing and the Suns need to win to force it to go to game seven. I'm only going to focus on one major football story for this week which was that cornerback Richard Sherman was arrested for burglary and domestic abuse charges on Wednesday. His wife actually called 911 saying that Sherman was drunk and belligerent and threatening to kill himself. He also crashed his SUV into a construction zone. 
The couple actually has two kids together and no one was harmed during the incident, but charges have been brought on Sherman, including two domestic violence counts, criminal trespassing, malicious mischief, driving under the influence and reckless endangerment of roadway workers. Just so y'all know, because I didn't know this, all of these are technically classified as misdemeanors, which means they could give him a total of 90 days to a year in jail. When this broke, this was a huge news story because Richard Sherman is currently a free agent, although he used to play for the Seahawks and the 49ers, but currently a free agent, and he's considered one of the best cornerbacks of all time. So now we'll have to see if a team will be willing to sign him now. So if you don't listen to anything else on this podcast, definitely listen to this next story because it's one of the most prominent things that happened in the sports world this weekend. The Open Championship, or as some Americans call it, the British Open, was contested this weekend. And if you win, you are actually called Champion Golfer of the Year. And who gets that honor this year is Colin Morikawa. He is now a two-time major champion after winning the PGA Championship last year along with the Open this year. What is so impressive about that is not only is he 24 years old, but also Both majors he won, the PGA Championship and now this Open, were the first time Colin had ever competed in those tournaments. He won with a score of 15 under par, which put him two strokes in front of Jordan Spieth, the 2017 Open champion, and four strokes over Louis Oosthuizen, the 2010 Open champion. The Open is the final major championship for the PGA Tour of the year. So let's review who won the four really fast. The Masters Tournament, which is competed in April, was won by Hideki Matsuyama. The PGA Championship was won by Phil Mickelson. The U.S. Open was won by John Rahm. And the Open Championship was won by Colin Morikawa. A little bit of hockey news. The Nashville Predators... Prospect Luke Prokop has come out as a gay man. He is the first active player in the NHL to ever do so. He was drafted last year in the third round, but spent last season playing with the Calgary Hitmen in the Western Hockey League. Okay, so now my favorite time, Olympic sports. The Olympics start this week with the opening ceremonies on Friday at 6.30 p.m. on NBC. But actually, events start as early as Wednesday with softball and soccer tournaments in group play. The first medal to be awarded will be the women's 10-meter air rifle final in shooting at 8.45 p.m. on Friday. Obviously, we all know that these games have been plagued by controversy, not only with a global pandemic pushing the entire games a full year, but also a couple of other things. Ugandan weightlifter Julius Sakatiliko has actually gone missing and he left a note saying he wanted to start a new life in Japan. He disappeared on Friday from a training camp in Osaka. Another controversy to add to the fire, Olympic composer Keigo Oyamada resigned today, four days before his opening ceremonies, because he used to bully classmates in his childhood. Oyamada composed the opening ceremonies music, and that music will no longer be used. Team USA has already had several positive tests. One of the biggest names that will not be making the trip to Tokyo is Coco Goff in women's tennis. She has tested positive before she left for the Games. 
Also an alternate for the women's gymnastics team, Kara Eaker has also tested positive, while another alternate has been placed in isolation along with her. We are not the only team experiencing this problem, however. There have been three athletes to test positive in the Olympic Village, including a Czech Republic beach volleyball player and two South African men's soccer players. The Tour de France ended in Paris on Sunday, and Slovenian Tade Pogacar won his second straight title at the young age of 22. He won three of the 21 stages and gained the lead, or the yellow jersey, in stage eight and never looked back. Ecuadorian cyclist Richard Carapaz finished third and is the first man from Ecuador to be in the top three. Another important name to know is Mark Cavendish from Great Britain. He won four stages during this year's Tour de France. That puts his career total to 34 stages. This ties the record set by Eddie Merricks in 1969 through 1975, and he is considered one of cyclists' greats. That concludes the In Case You Missed It this past week portion. Now let's go into what to watch this upcoming week. Game six of the NBA Finals is on Tuesday in Milwaukee at 8 p.m. on ABC, and if necessary, Game 7 will be on Thursday in Phoenix. The PGA Tour will be playing in the 3M Open on the Golf Channel and CBS. Five MLB games will be broadcast on TV, headlined by the Yankees-Red Sox game on Saturday. But let's get to the really important stuff, people. Like I said earlier, the opening ceremonies will air on NBC at 6.30. But the first Olympic action for Team USA gets underway on Tuesday at 10 p.m. when we play Italy in softball. We will then play Canada on Wednesday during prime time for those of you who don't want to stay up to watch that first game. And then we'll have a doubleheader of Mexico and Australia on the 24th. Round robin play will conclude when we play Japan on the 26th, and the top two teams from round robin go on to play in the gold medal match. Our U.S. Olympic soccer team will play Sweden on Wednesday at 3.30 a.m. This will be broadcast on USA, but don't worry, there'll be plenty of replays at 7.30 a.m. and 5 p.m. This is a big game for Team USA because Sweden actually knocked us out of the 2016 Olympic quarterfinals, and we were favorites to win the gold medal in Rio. Our women then go on to play New Zealand bright and early again at 6.30 a.m. on the 24th and end group play with Australia on the 27th at 3 a.m. The top two teams from each group will then advance to the knockout stage, a.k.a. quarterfinals. The first Olympic gold medal will be handed out at 8.45 on Friday in the women's 10-meter air rifle final. USA actually won this last time in Rio with Virginia Thrasher. However, she is not competing in this Olympics, but we'll see if our girls can do it. Saturday night, we also see our first swimming finals with the men's 400-meter free, the women's 400-meter IM, and the women's 4x100-meter free relay. We also get to see the debut of a new sport, Skateboarding Men's Street, also airs Saturday night. And even though we'll have the Sunday scaries, it might be worth staying up on Sunday night as we have the women's 100-meter fly, men's 100-meter breaststroke, and the women's 400-meter freestyle, which means the debut of Katie Ledecky. 
Caleb Dressel also makes his debut in the men's 4 by 100 meter freestyle relay that same night. Sunday night will also be the first time we see the women's gymnastics team in action. I'm telling you, you might as well stay up on Sunday night. For those of you wondering, track and field does not start until swimming ends. So basically the first half of the Olympics is swimming and the second half will be athletics. And I think that's it as far as the highlights of what to watch in the Olympics this weekend. Obviously, there are plenty more sports and Olympians, even Team USA, to watch this weekend. But that's pretty much the highlights. For a lot more details and a couple more stories, please check out the blog, thegirlfriendsguidetosports.com. And I hope to see you all next week. Go Team USA!